Before we jump into today's episode, I want to invite you to a free online workshop that I'm hosting right now. And it's all about how to set up a virtual Bible study and start making disciples in as little as 24 hours, even if you have never done anything like that before. So if you're interested in attending this free workshop, all you have to do is click the link in the show notes or go to www.digitalmissionaryworkshop.com. That's www.digitalmissionaryworkshop.com. Welcome to the Practical Christian Podcast. I'm Travis Albritton, a former rocket scientist turned digital missionary, here to bring you the bite-sized tips and strategies you need to become an effective Christian. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into it. Who should Christians vote for? Now I have seriously debated and gone back and forth if I should even broach this topic here on the podcast, because no matter what I say, I know someone is going to be upset that I don't endorse their candidate, or even worse, that I critiqued their candidate and they didn't like what I had to say. Now, I'm specifically thinking of the United States election that's coming up in November, but any Christian in any country in the world where politics plays a big role in the public square and in society and in culture, this is the case. Whenever you start thinking about which candidate you want to vote for, if you're going to vote for one and you start talking about it, you're going to run into some conflict, right? So let's get two things out of the way first, and then I'll explain <laughs> a mindset and kind of a, a perspective to help you decide who you should vote for if you decide that you do want to vote. The first thing, there is no such thing as a perfect candidate. They do not exist, okay? Uh, we may think that they exist. We may really love one particular political candidate and think, man, they are going to solve all of our problems. They're going to make our country so much better. If only they can get an office, then everything will be taken care of. But there will never be a politician whose character and platform is based and rooted on the Sermon on the Mount, which is where Jesus lays out what it means to be a kingdom citizen, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. There will never be a politician that says we are going to love our enemies. Those countries that want the worst for us, we are going to shower them with love and grace and forgiveness. There will never be a politician that comes into office and says, we as a country will always turn the other cheek when another country aggresses against us. That will not happen. And there will never be a candidate who truly embodies the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit, recognizing your desperate need for God in your life. Because that shows weakness and weakness in politics is to be rooted out at all costs, right? And you can go down the list, just read through Matthew 5 through 7 and you will see, yeah, there is no politician that will ever be able to do these things. So from that perspective, as a Christian, there is never going to be a candidate that perfectly represents us. The second thing that I want to say is that there is no such thing as a Christian nation. All right, let me say that again. There is no such thing as a Christian nation because the Bible teaches that right now we are in the middle of two distinct realities. 
There is the present age and the age to come. So if you read through the New Testament, you'll see these two ages contrasted with each other. That the present age was where the world was and was operating before Jesus. And the age to come was what the Jews knew to be the bringing in of the kingdom of heaven. What they perceived to be God sending a new King David to reestablish the kingdom of Israel as the age to come. But we know as Christians that the age to come was the breaking in of the kingdom of heaven into the lives of Christians. And there is this constant shift away from the present age into the age to come, but it's not yet reached its fulfillment. So we're kind of in a holding pattern in an in-between zone where the present age still exists and the age to come also exists. And nations and governments, according to the Bible, exist to curb the destructive tendencies of sinful man in the present age. That is their role. That is why they exist. Okay. And if you think about it, that makes sense. Your country passes laws like don't kill people because that will hopefully curb the destructive tendencies of people that might otherwise think that, you know what, if I can get away with it, I'll do it. So those are good things, right? It is good that we have nations and governments with laws, but we should never confuse the fact that that government in the present age, that the country we live in in the present age is the same as the kingdom of God in the age to come. And those of us that are living in the age to come, which is all of us for Christians, are living on earth as we would if we were in God's presence in heaven. That is literally what it means to live a life to the full eternal life. Eternal life is not simply that you get to live forever after you die. Eternal life is that you are living the life of heaven now on earth. And that's where the principles from the Sermon on the Mount are on full display. That's what that looks like. So when you think about the Beatitudes, you think about the Sermon on the Mount and all those things that Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like and all the things that Jesus says about the people that are a part of the kingdom of heaven, it totally makes sense that that's how we're going to live and how we're going to interact with one another when we're actually in heaven. And so we're supposed to be bringing that to the earth right now. And so no nation in the present age can ever be that can ever be the kingdom of God. It is not possible. So with those two things out of the way, and and hopefully you're still listening to this podcast and you haven't unsubscribed yet, that there is no such thing as a perfect candidate and there is no such thing as a Christian nation, who should you vote for? Like what, what is a good guiding principle that you should vote for? And what I would propose is that you vote for the candidate or party that you believe will do the best job at making the country you live in better for its citizens, that you vote for the candidate or a party that you think will do the best job of doing what nations and governments exist to do, which is to curb the destructive tendencies of sinful man. Because here's the thing, there is no law, no government, no politician that can win people's hearts to Jesus, who ultimately is the only one who can save us from the consequences of our sins, right? So that is what I would propose as a perspective, as a thought to help you decide if you're going to vote, who you should vote for. Now, you might be asking, yeah, and who is that? Like, who is that person, Travis? Tell us. Tell us who to vote for. And my answer is, it depends on you. Because different people from different backgrounds and different experiences will come to different conclusions about which candidate or party is best equipped to make the country that you live in better for its citizens. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, no matter who wins in November, God is still in control. So 
don't overthink it. Vote if you feel called to. But also, don't pin your hopes and dreams on a certain political outcome. Don't put all your emotional eggs in that basket. It will only disappoint you. But hopefully now you can go to the polling station with some clarity. And if you can keep those two things in mind, that there's no such thing as a perfect candidate and there's no such thing as a Christian nation, so don't even worry about trying to fix that, then it suddenly takes a lot of the burden off of picking the perfect person and trying to persuade everyone around you to vote for that person as well. That's it for today. Don't forget to take advantage of this week's free resource by clicking the link in the show notes and be sure to share this episode with your ministry leader, a person in your small group, or just a friend from church. Thanks for listening to today's episode and I'll talk to you soon.